So we're talking about, oh, we need the prayer of love today. We need the prayer of love, guys. Uh, we're part three to the prayer of love, and we've, we've been studying this the last two weeks, and, and uh, I hope it's been a blessing to you. I've, I've enjoyed getting back into this and, and just kind of dissecting this prayer. Uh, so we're going to say it today. This, this is the prayer that I've been challenging you guys to pray. Now, the, the, the yellow is where I've personalized it, uh, uh, so I don't think Brother Paul, who's probably hopefully approving of this in heaven these days. I hope he doesn't mind me doing that. But, but here we go. Let's, let's all read this together. It's going to be from Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And this I pray, that my love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that I may approve the things that are excellent, that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, to recap what we've studied, we talked about how our love needs to grow more and more. That's what the word abound means, that, that Lord, allow my love to grow more and more. First of all, in two areas. What are those two areas? Knowledge and discernment. All knowledge starts with God. You can't study anything in this universe without stumbling on God because this universe exists inside God. So I want my knowledge of God to grow so that my love can grow because God is love. And so if my knowledge of, love, of God can grow, that means that my knowledge of God is going to surpass my theological boundaries that I have placed on him, my preconceived notions that I have uh, been brought up about God. I want, I want him to blow my doors off. And in doing though, that, if you can understand more about God, you can start understanding more about you because you were made in the image of God and Christ has reconciled you back to God with his sacrificial uh, uh, act on the cross and through the blood blood of Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. So if you can understand more about God, you can understand more about you and who you are in God. So that's where knowledge needs to begin. My love can grow in my knowledge about God and my knowledge of who I am in him. And if I can understand who I am in him, I can start understanding who you are. That leads us to discernment. The word discernment really means understanding. Why does my love need to grow in understanding? Because I don't necessarily have to agree with you, but if I can understand you, then I can see where you're coming from. And we can let love start growing at that place. You know, there's enough of us in here that we're going to disagree on something if we all sat down and chatted. But that's okay. That doesn't mean that that has to divide us. I can still learn to love you more and more because if I can know something about who you are and who you're, what your story is about, I can learn to love you more. Then we move on to that our love may grow so that we, uh, that, so that we can... Uh, approve the things that are excellent. So if you remember, we dissected those words in the Greek and Latin and all that stuff last week. And the word approve actually means to, to welcome, to try, and to test. Uh, the word excellent means that which surpasses or is different than. So there's going to be times in your life that just because something is different, you don't have to oppose it initially. You can welcome it. You can try it. You can test and, and, and allow your love to grow in that area. Now, you may eventually disagree with it, or you may eventually have to reject it, but you don't kill it immediately. You know, we live in a very polarized world where if something doesn't align with what we want initially, excuse me while I'm trying to get used to this thing up here, uh, if something doesn't, uh, if something opposes what we, what we feel initially, we just want to kill it immediately. When love allows us to pause, love allows us to inspect Love allows us to test. 
that which is different because sometimes it actually surpasses where we are. Sometimes the Lord's going to throw something in front of you to make you move beyond where you are. Uh, the next thing is that we may be sincere. We study that in, in the Latin, that word actually means without wax because the potters would actually sometimes put wax to cover up flaws in their product. We don't want to put wax in our life. We, even if we have flaws, it's okay. We can feel comfortable enough and love to let those, law, those flaws be seen because where we are weak, he is strong. So we don't want to be fat, fake. We, we, want, we don't want wax all over us. Uh, and that we may be without offense until the day of Christ. God can move you into a place where you can transcend and live beyond offense, where you can learn not to get offended. I gave you a Dave's two-step program not to be offended. The first one was just to not take anything personal. Because someone's reaction to you is really not so much about you, it's about them and where they are in, the, in, in, in life. Also, uh, you remember I said, lose your reputation, because your reputation is nothing more than just someone else's opinion about you. So if there's 60, 70 people in this room, that means I got 60 or 70 reputations going on right now. That's a lot to maintain, and it gives me tired head, so I'm not even going to mess with it. So I've got an audience of one. If, if I live my life pleasing to the Lord to the best of my ability, let that be enough. And, and, and where everyone else falls, let them fall wherever they may. And, and, and love can grow in that. So finally, today, we're going to finish this series by looking at the final verse. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's look at this word righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness on the surface means morally justified, virtuous. It means rightedness. You've been righted. You were crooked, bent off balance. You gave your heart to the Lord. His blood washed you clean. He's renewing your mind. You've been straightened back up. You've been righted. Rightedness. And because you are in a state of rightedness, now your actions can be right. You can talk right, think right, see right, move right, act right. It's all a part of his righteousness. It actually comes from an old English word, uh, ritwis, which means right-wise or the right way. You would say, hey, no, I put the tabletop on ritwis. I put it on the right way. I don't know why it's crooked. I thought I put it on the right way. Uh, so it means rightedness. So that's what, that's, that's what we're talking about today is, is being righted, living right, thinking right, just the state of being right. Before you came to the Lord, you saw things in a crooked manner. Your actions were crooked. Your speech was crooked. Your decision-making was off. All of a sudden, the Lord is renewing your mind, giving you some new thoughts, giving you new perspectives, letting you see through his eyes. And now, all of a sudden, you're beginning to see through the eyes of love. So your actions are righted. Your, your thoughts, your mindset is all starting to straighten up. Righteousness, rightedness, right? Rightedness. Now, we're going to see the fruits of it. What do we mean by fruits? Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Y'all are going to be a bunch of fruity people before this is all over with. Bearing fruit, or in other words, showing the evidence or signs of something. Showing the signs or evidence. Let's talk about fruit, some things uh, about fruit. Fruit isn't just a yummy, tasty treat for us or animals that stumble upon it. Uh, fruit actually is a container for replication. Fruit is supposed to be a way for a tree or a vine to replicate itself. Now, why does it encase it in yummy, delicious fruit that's full of wonderful flavor? Because God was very smart when he invented all this stuff, right? Think about it. An animal stumbles upon an apple tree. 
eats the apple. Well, he just ate a container full of seed that is meant to replicate that tree. When it passes through the animal, the, tr- the, the seed typically won't digest, which means that there are seeds that are now planted in a wonderful pile of fertilizer in which that it can now grow. Genius, isn't it? But in order to get that seed into the fertilizer, naturally, you got to surround it by some yummy flavor that the animal would want to come and eat. Therefore, fruit, yumminess, but at the same time, it's a container to replicate itself. Think about it. One fruit, one apple contains what? Anywhere from four to eight seeds sometimes. Let's just say five. That's a good round number for my public school math head, right? So that's not a shot at public school. Everyone relax. Just, just, that's right. <laughs> just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Uh, we have some wonder, we 